guys, welcome back to Two Feral Idiots. I'm Steph. And I'm Carly. And today we are, I'm doing the stories today, or the crap I found on the internet. And I am also doing Reddit stories. Only two of them are Am I the Assholes. The one that I'm really excited to read is actually from Confessions. Ooh. Yeah, and this is actually four years old. So it's it's pretty old. Hmm. So this is from um, r slash confessions. Um, the person who wrote it is their username is crazy sun throw off. Um, and like I said, it's four years old. It says I stood by and allowed my wife to almost kill our son. And I was happy that she did it. Okay, then. <laughs> and the it starts off with okay fair warning this is long as hell apologies for that and this guy is not joking this is so long well that's okay so like i said we may only get through two stories hopefully three because they're all really good but it may only be two okay fair warning this is long as hell apologies for that but this is very hard for me and i've been carrying it for a lot of a lot of years on the advice of my therapist i've written it all all out to try and work out my feelings on it. He did advise me to submit it to Reddit, of course, but I have struggled with this for a long time and I need to hear other people's opinion on it. I still really have no idea how I feel about it, even after all these years, but I will submit for judgment by the masses. I know I did wrong on some things, but probably probably a lot of things. I tried to do my best that I could. My son was very troubled. Very troubled. If you have seen the movie, We Need to Talk About Kevin, it will really help to understand what I'm talking about. Because I swear to God, when I watched that film, I thought I was watching a documentary on my life. I felt the writer must have had cameras hidden in my damn house. That's how accurate it was. The only difference is that in the movie, the boy appears normal to his father and only reveals his true nature to his mother. With my son, he he didn't have that mask. His insane behavior was the same with everyone. From the day he was born, my son just came out wrong. He was planned. My wife and I tried to get pregnant and were ecstatic when he was born. He was wanted and loved. We showered affection on him and really tried to give him a happy childhood. But from the day we brought him home from the hospital, he was miserable. He cried for 13 months straight. I'm not exaggerating. 13 months without a break. He cried until he had no voice left and kept crying. You could see his little face scrunched up with no sound coming out. Totally hoarse. There were times he would literally be crying in his sleep. I've never seen or heard any other kid be able to do that. We brought him to the doctor. Specialist tried changing his diet, held him, rocked him, toys, swaddling, music, mobiles, everything we could think of. Nothing worked. 13 months of grading, grinding, no sleep hell. Once we got over the once he got over the crying stage, we thought we were out of the woods, but it quickly became clear that for some unknown reason, he was just angry at being alive. Never saw that kid have a genuine joyous smile once in the time I knew him. I saw him grin vicious, horrible grin many times, taking per- perverse pleasure from causing pain or suffering or breaking a rule, but a smile from a real pleasure as something nice? No, never. Not once. He had no interest in anything positive. He was fueled by hate, and everything he did was bent bent toward that. As soon as he could walk, his mission in life was to destroy things. He would break and try to break anything that came in his range. Smash it, chew it, throw it in the toilet, whatever he could. 
After a while, he figured out that he could how to get his diaper off. He took great pleasure in shitting and pissing everywhere he could. After a while, he figured out he could hide he could hide it and we started pissing and shitting in places we wouldn't find right away, grinding into the carpet, making it even more of a problem to clean and making the house stink. Listen, I pad my child shit on my floor. <laughs> that is not a good time. No. My child has also peed on my floor. Well, Lee's office floor. Again, it is not a good time. Mm-mm. If she was doing it knowingly, purposefully, I'd probably want to return her. Okay, no, not really. But I would seriously contemplate it. <laughs> return her to where? Wherever the hell she came from. Because <laughs> <laughs> if she's doing it purposefully... She's a dick, and she needs to be returned to wherever the hell she came from. <laughs> I'm just kidding, guys. I wouldn't return her. I'd only contemplate it. <laughs> uh, grinding into the carpets make it even more of a problem to clean and making the house stink. When he got older, ages 9 to 15, he would piss and shit in our bed until we got a lock. 9 to 15 and sh- Oh, hi, Kiwi! <laughs> Carly has her puppy. Peeing and shitting in the bed at ages 9 to 15. That's insane. You know better. You know better. You're just being a psychopath at this point. Yeah. He would piss and shit in our bed until we got a lock on our door and he wasn't able to get in anymore. Then he would just take a dump in the hallway in front of our room. That biological warfare started around two and a half years old and he never grew out of it. I'll try and speed him up as much as I could. I could literally go on for days about this stuff. But as he grew older, he became more and more unmanageable. He would bite, kick, scream, scratch, and spit at anyone trying to do anything with him. He was kicked out of school twice before he was nine. Then let him back in, and then this kicked him out for good, and he had he had to change schools. The next one put him in a special class that kept him away from other students. We had to, we had to install a door and a lock on the kitchen because he would steal knives and use them to gouge walls and furniture or chase people with them. When he was 10, he stabbed me pretty good in the hip and hip and ass. I still have the scars. As he grew older, he grew darker. He moved, moved into a setting things on fire and torturing local animals. There were a stray dog that hung out, hung out around a park near our house. My son blinded it in one eye with a barbecue fork. He would dip cats' tails in gasoline and light them in fire, and he would become violent, vicious beast that lived in our house, and we couldn't do anything with him. I will take this opportunity to preempt the tsunami of messages. Yes, we had the kid in fucking therapy. He saw a psychiatrist twice a week and had God knows how many different medications prescribed to him over the years. Nothing worked. Therapy didn't work. Meds didn't work. Nothing fucking worked. He was like a poison cloud of hate and fury lashing out at anything in his reach. This kid's a psychopath. Yeah. You just named like every single trait. Serial ki- Yeah. Every single trait of every single serial killer ever in the history of ever. Yeah. Did one of those things or all of those things at one point. Like literally you're, you guys gave birth to a serial killer. Uh, you gave yes. birth to a psychopath. Yes. When my wife was 16, my wife got pregnant again. I can't tell you how different our reaction was. Instead of joy, we felt horror. Can we just stop? 16-year age difference? Absolutely the fuck not. Mm -mm. Absolutely the fuck not. I would have lost 
my mind <laughs> for a 16-year age gap. But yeah. that's neither here nor there. This pregnancy had not been planned. We really were at a loss over what to do. My son has been such an unending nightmare for 16 years. We couldn't take the idea of starting again from the beginning. We talked, talked a lot about terminating, but A, access to abortion was not as easy in those days as it is now. And B, my wife was very against it. We talked about many options. In the end, we decided that my wife would have the baby, and if it turned out evil, we'd put it up for adoption. We knew we just couldn't do it again with another child like our son. We had our daughter. She was normal. Suddenly, we saw our lives should have been like the whole time. How things would have been if our, had our son not been himself. She laughed at things. She breastfed without biting. She didn't have teeth yet anyway, but you could tell when she was just trying to eat and not tear her mother's breast off. After four months, she was still she was sleeping through the night. She was happy. She was normal. We, I can't describe the relief and happiness we both felt. I don't have the words for it. This is where I believe I may have started really pulling back from my son. Up until that time, whatever mistakes I made, I had always tried to do my best for my son. I am convinced of that. I tried to help him and love him and care for him. I really tried. But when my daughter was born, my wife and I both instinctively just turned toward her. She became our focus, not from malice, but just because she was so much easier. She was so happy and sweet. Every moment we were with her was like magic. I understand this was wrong. But we honestly couldn't help it. I don't have a better explanation for that. My son hadn't given a shit about my wife being pregnant. I honestly don't know if he even really understood it. But when we brought home our daughter, he started acting out even more. <clears throat> I didn't think it was possible, but he took, up, took it up another notch. At this time, he was 17. We were having a blowout screaming matches daily. Usually after we fought, he would storm out of the house and disappear for hours at a time and come back the next morning. It was a relief. I started to actually look forward to our fights because it would have got because it would get him away from us for a while. After the birth of our daughter, my relationship with my son was almost entirely gone. Our only real inter interactions were screaming at each other. My wife was even worse with him. She just had nothing left. By that time, if our son even came in the same room as her, she would just stop whatever she was doing and start screaming, get the fuck away from me, get away, get the fuck out, until he left. He started spending more and more time out of the house, which was a blessing for us. I have no idea what he got up, got up to out in the world, but we were just happy it wasn't being inflicted on us. As a consequence of our son's behavior, we had invested heavily in locks around our house. All of the cheap, thin interior doors of, of our home had been replaced. Dense, wooden doors that wouldn't be kicked through, equipped with keyed locks that my wife and I carried the keys to. I know it sounds extreme, but the locks and heavy doors were the best way we found to create safe spaces from him. And again, before I am whatever the hell that word is with messages, or basically means flooded, flooded with messages, I was not locking my son in rooms like a prisoner. He had free reign of the house. He could come and go as he pleased. My wife and I would lock ourselves in rooms to protect ourselves from him. If anything, we were prisoners in our own home. On the day of question, I had fought, in my, fought with my son in the morning, and he had left the house in a rage. My wife and I were enjoying some peace and quiet in the kitchen while our daughter napped in her bedroom. And then my daughter began to cry. Any parent who had young children can tell you, you get used to your child's cries, and you can tell after a while what they need. 
They cried differently. And if they were hungry or needed changing or were just restless and wanted to be held, babies can communicate that pretty well before they can even speak. This cry was none of those things. This was a cry of terror. The second we heard it, my wife and I both ran, were up out of our chairs running to her room. The door was locked, of course, and it took a few seconds to get the right key to open. My son was in the room. We lived in a bungalow, and that bastard climbed the, climbed the window to get, to get to her. He was standing over her crib with a steak knife in his hand. I had no idea where he got it. It wasn't one of ours. We controlled our knives very carefully and always kept them in locked drawers. I think he may have stolen it from one of our neighbor's houses. He had broken off her he had broken her skin twice already, once in the belly area and once in her arm. I could see the blood running down her. When I entered the room, he was dragging the knife back to her face, not cutting, almost tickling her with it, teasing while she screamed. He looked up at us and smiled. Before I knew what I was doing, I was already moving, running up and putting myself between them, and I didn't think about it. I just moved instinctively. Even with that, my wife got there faster. It was like a movie on fast forward. She got to our son and bashed his hand away, knocking the knife across the room. She then shoved her whole body weight so hard that he flew away from the crib and bounced off the wall. I picked up my daughter and held her while my wife screened us. I could see her shaking, almost convulsing. I can remember the smell of the room, the sound of my daughter screaming and wailing, the look on my son's face as he just stood there, just nothing, blank, dead. There was nothing in his eyes, no emotion. He looked like an alien to me. I watched my wife take a step toward him. I could have reached out and stopped her, but I didn't. She stepped forward again, very close to him. I could have stopped her again, but I didn't. She waited, looking at him for maybe three to five seconds without moving, and then she punched him in the face. Not until this point, you may have been picturing my wife as a typical woman, small frame, dainty, delicate. This is not the case. My wife does not have a, does have a small frame, but dainty and delicate, she is not. Never has been since I've known her. Since her early teens, my wife has been a boxer. MMA didn't exist back then, but karate and boxing were very big in those days. And my wife was very talented, a very talented amateur. She was about 130 pounds and carried a lot of muscle, and she knew how to punch. I had 70 pounds on her back then, and I had no doubt in real life fight between me and her, she could have and would have pounded me flat. Neither of us had ever laid a hand on our son in anger before, but something broke in her that day. And all those years of anger and pain and sorrow and frustration just came out pouring. She hit him and his head snapped back and the blood started pouring from his nose. He hardly reacted and he looked at her with those sh this shocked expression and he didn't know how to process what had just happened. She waited another second again and then hit him again. I would have reached out and stopped her. I could have dragged her out of the room and taken her away and calmed her. I didn't. I just stood there and watched while it happened. She sy systematically started to pound him to a pulp. Every time she, he brought his hands to cover one part, she would blast him somewhere else in the body, head, body, head, body, head, over and over. He started screaming, crying, yelling for her to stop. It's the most genuine reaction I'd ever seen him to have anything in his whole life. But she wasn't stopping, and I watched her ramping up, hitting harder, faster, working him like a heavy bag. He tried to swing at her, and she slipped him easily. She was on autopilot, sinking down into her training. I stood there watching for a minute, then I turned my back to them and took my daughter out of the room. I brought my daughter to the kitchen and gave her a bath in the sink. I found that he had cut her a third time on the sole of her foot, 
all of the cuts were superficial. I cleaned her up and held her until she calmed. I put polysporin and band-aids on her cuts in our in our bedroom. I could hear my son screaming, calling my wife horrible names, telling her he would cut her head off and fuck her corpse. After a while, I didn't hear him saying anything more. I didn't hear even hear him crying out. I assumed that he must have been knocked out. But I could still hear her beating him. Can we just talk about how he said that he would behead her and then fuck her corpse? Yes. Jesus. Wild. What? I don't even know. Yeah. There's still more. There's oh, still this. God. Yeah, I think we're like three quarters of the way through. That's it? <laughs> yeah. It's almost over. That went on for a long time. Long enough for my daughter to drift off to sleep in my arms. I just sat at just sat at the kitchen table waiting for her to finish. Finally, she came out and sat down across from me. Her hands swollen and red, her face and arms splattered with blood. Her chest was heaving, and he. we just stared at each other without saying anything. After a while, I asked her, is he dead? She looked back at me and answered, I fucking hope so. I nodded. That was all there was to say about that. I understand how she felt perfectly. I felt the same. I didn't know what to do, so we just sat there waiting silently. Eventually, my wife started crying and went to go take a shower. I stayed where I was holding our daughter. After a while, I heard moaning and sobbing from our room. Turned out that my son wasn't dead. I went in to see how bad it was, and it was pretty bad. I've never seen more merciless beating laid on to anyone before or since. He was lying on the floor, rolling around with blood leaking out of his face, lying in a pool of vomit. His eyes were squashed flat across his face. Both of his eyes were completely swollen shut and started blackening already. I could see the couple of his fingers were bent in weird angles and he had pissed his pants. I think it was must have been missing some teeth, but I couldn't see any on the floor I, and I couldn't see inside his mouth. His lips were all puffed up and swollen. From talking to my wife about it later, I know now that she had systematically beaten every part of his body, focusing heavily on his legs. She told me that she kicked him in the groin repeatedly until her legs got tired and they kept beating his body long after he had passed out. My wife came out of the shower and I still didn't know what to do for about our son. I didn't know whether to call the police or an ambulance, take him to the hospital myself. Honestly, I didn't have any idea what to do. After a while, I realized that I simply didn't care what happened to him anymore, and we decided to just let him live or die on his own. There was an in-law suite in the basement, and we had just we have never really used, and my wife and my daughter and I just moved down there. We simply ceded the top floor of the house to my son and locked everything down, separated our lives entirely. There was plenty of food upstairs cabinets, enough for a couple weeks or more. He had a washroom, bedrooms to use. Um, he, we had a washroom in the basement and a small kitchenette. Uh, kitchenette and a separate entrance so we just stopped going upstairs we just decided we were done with him and figured we would let his food run out and see what happened over the next week we could hear him moving around upstairs i think he just spent most of the time lying in the bed recovering i went to work watching on high alert in case he attacked me from the driveway but he never did my wife stayed home with our daughter she was never out of our sight and one night we heard him go going ballistic smashing things and banging we didn't respond he never tried to get downstairs or get near us, though. I think he was afraid that if he got near us again, my wife might finish the job on him. After three weeks down in the basement, we hadn't heard anything from up above for a few days. I ventured upstairs to see the main floor of the house. It was demolished. There was no sign of my son. He was gone. It took months to repair the damage that he had done from the main floor back to normal again. 
There was food and shit smeared all over the walls, broken glass on the floor, big holes in the drywall, ripped the kitchen apart, linoleum off the floor, emptied the entire foam fire extinguisher into the living room. I was I feel thankful that he didn't burn the house down with us in it. I'm honestly not sure why he didn't. The kid wasn't shy about lighting things on fire. After that, I lived every day lived in fear every day that he would come back and that he would ambush us out of no, out of the blue and try to kill us. We moved the house. We moved houses about three years later, and finally stopped being afraid when he I when he would show up again. As now he had no idea where we were. We finally felt safe from him. All this happened a long time ago. My son was born in 1971. My daughter was born in 88. I'm an old man now. I'll be 70 this year, and my wife passed away from cancer in 2016. My daughter is 31 now. I moved in with her and her husband after my wife passed. I have two granddaughters, and they're the joy of my life. I see a therapist a couple times a month to talk about all this. I don't know where my son is. The last time I saw him, he was lying on the floor of our bedroom, bleeding and smashed. I haven't heard from him since he left. That was more than 30 years ago now, and I, do, and I don't want to. I carry a lot of guilt from that time and a lot of conflicted emotions. I didn't beat him myself, but I allowed him to be beaten, and I thought he deserved it. I was happy it happened, and I didn't try and kill him, but I would have been happy if he died. I will say that I do hope he was able to overcome his demons and go live a normal life somewhere. If he wasn't able to do that, if he stayed the way he was, I truly hope someone out there killed him. I knew him. He was a horrible, rabid dog. And whichever way it went, I hope he isn't still out there hurting anyone else. Holy shit. Yeah. That was... That was a wild ride. Yup. I think I don't even know how I feel about it. (laughs) Like... That was a lot to take in. I get his guilt mm-hmm. because he didn't stop the beating. But I also get his relief because he's gone. Yeah. I get why he's conflicted. That's hard. That is a hard pill to swallow. Yes, it is. Yeah. I read that. I'm like, holy shit. <sighs> I feel like I'm going to be thinking about this one for a while. Yeah. That's that's hard. Yeah. I mean, your your kid's a psycho. Literally, like, clinically psychotic. Has to be. I'm surprised he didn't say what the therapists or the psychologists have, di- or psychiatrists have diagnosed him with. Because it had to have been, like, psych- psychotic. He has to be a psychopath. I would like to know that. And also, I know he said that they had him in therapy and had him on meds and stuff. But was he ever, like, committed it doesn't doesn't say. I mean, they were definitely committing people back then. He was born in 77 or 70s. Right. So he had to have been. I mean, it's not like they weren't committing people then. They were committing people in the 40s. They were committing everybody in the 40s. Yeah, he definitely needed to be. Yeah, he needed it to be in like a long term. Psych facility. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. Mm-mm. No, to have to live your life like that, being scared in your own home of your own son. Right. I think that would kill me more than anything is having living in fear of my own child, the one that I wanted, the one that I gave birth to, the one that I loved endlessly, being absolutely petrified of him yeah that's 
that's insane. I could not imagine what they had to go through and their feelings. I could I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. And honestly, I don't blame the mom for just snapping. I don't either. I get it. Especially of a like an innocent baby. Right. Like there's times where like I I yell at because she's way too rough with and like she's just too rough with her and she doesn't realize it. She just she doesn't realize how rough she's being because she's two. This boy is 16 years, 17 years old when he was taking a knife to his sister. Yeah, that's and that's intentional. You know right. at that age that you should not do that. You 110% know right from wrong at 16, 17 years old. At nine, when he was shitting on his parents' floor and smearing it into the carpet. You know better. You're not dumb. You know right from wrong. Yeah. And the fact that he never, ever showed genuine happiness tells me that he is literally psychotic. It's not like he was just being a dickhead child. Right. yeah yep nice heavy one for you yeah that was heavy yeah Mm. yeah that one that's a rough one yeah it's several it's really long i no one can see it but i'm showing carly yeah that's long all right my other two are not as heavy so okay this one is from Am I the Asshole? So it's actually A-I-T-A-H, not the normal A-I-T-A. Um, <clears throat> it's Vanguard 247 is the one that submitted it. My wife invited me to sleep with other people twice. Am I the asshole for taking her serious or taking it seriously? Oh God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one's gonna be a doozy. It is. My 43 male, 15 year marriage has been difficult. In some ta- some ways, we work well as a couple and we have great kids. There has been emotional drama and our sex life has been tepid for a long time. My wife, 43 female, almost never initiates sex and usually rebuffs my attempts. We have sex monthly, give or take. A year and a half ago, out of nowhere, she said that I, w- I could have sex with other people. It was totally unexpected and unprompted, and I was shocked. And she pushed it, like, really, I mean it, you can. I responded with, I didn't want to sleep with anyone but her, and we dropped it. Then, six weeks ago, she said it again, and really pushed it again, and again. I was surprised and said, I didn't want to sleep with anyone else. But the second time I said it wasn't, said that, it wasn't really true. The truth is that when I, when she first offered that I could sleep with other people, it unlocked something in me. I started thinking of other women as potential sexual partners and thinking a lot more about sex. And recently I made a friend, let's call her Anne, and we are part of a local interest group. Then we started meeting one one on one every week and I told my wife about her and that we were friends. But it became increasingly clear that Anne was interested in me as more than a friend. Last week Anne came out and said that she was sleep with me if I wanted. I told Anne that I was attracted to her, but I was married and that I cared about my family, but also that my wife said that I could sleep with other people, that I didn't understand why my wife said it, and that I talked to my wife about whether she really meant it. 
A few days later, I had the conversation with my wife. It went poorly. I told her that I loved her, loved sex with her, and I wouldn't put our marriage at risk. But also, I was thinking about taking her up on the sex with other people thing. If she was really okay with it. I told her about Anne's proposition. My wife was deeply hurt. She thinks I betrayed her by building a relationship with another woman, and she's, she doesn't think I had her permission to do that. She says that she first came, the first time she offered that I could sleep around, she actually wanted to sleep with someone else and was testing the waters, and that she didn't go through with it after I said no. But she repeated her offer six weeks ago, and she says our relationship was in com- was in a completely different place from where it was today. She thought that offering me sex with other people was the only way to save our marriage. This explanation does not ring true for me at all. In both cases, since I had told her that I wasn't interested in other sexual partners, she thinks the offer was dead, and I was wrong to think it could still be on the table. I never kissed Anne, never said I love her, never even held her hand, And I've now told her that we need to remain just friends. I think my wife gave me permission to sleep around and that went above and beyond by talking to her instead of taking her up on it. But she thinks I betrayed her and she's now saying that she wants a divorce. Am I the asshole? Hmm. That's a... That's a difficult one. This is everyone sucks here. Yeah. Everyone sucks here. She propositioned him because she wanted to sleep with someone else. And when he declined, she decided to remain faithful and not sleep with somebody else. She wanted an open marriage. Yes. And she asked because she had somebody else in mind already. Right. So she's an asshole. Yes. But in the same breath... You did the same. OP did the same thing. Someone propositioned him. He went to his wife and his wife said no. Yeah, I don't. She's the bigger asshole, but they're both kind of assholes. Yeah, I no, I agree 100%. Because I feel like so she she did it because she had someone in, someone in mind, right? She came right. up with the idea and he said no. But now she's pissed at him because he had someone in mind. Yeah. You did it first. And he didn't even know. He thought you were just offering. He had no idea that you had someone in mind. Right. That's fucked. Yep. Yeah. The top comment says, so she's actually wanted to sleep with other people before she proposed it. And then deeply hurt when you come to her with the same proposition. Sorry, but it seems like she's project- projecting. She might already have slept with somebody, someone else, particularly because of the instance of where you that you go fool around. It seems like she was trying to get you to sleep with someone else so she can even the score. I can't possibly see it any other way. It comes up very manipulative on her end at the very least. I hope you can find the answers and more importantly, do what's best for you. Not the asshole at all. <laughs> Someone comment underneath that and I about died. She 100% has fucked somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that comment. She's cheated. She's yeah. 110% cheated and she's trying to clear her conscience. So when he came and proposed it, he she realized how bad it hurt and doesn't want him to do it because she doesn't want to feel that pain. 
Yes. That's probably what happened. Yeah. Another comment says, sounds like she doesn't want to cheat on her boyfriend with her husband. (laughs) Yeah. And then someone said, agreed. She definitely fucked someone else and only made that proposal to make her actions justified after the fact. Can't believe OP is is so obtuse not to see that see that and that should be the bigger problem agreed it was my initial thought after the first paragraph his wife wants or had sex was smiling when op said said tested the waters now she wants to split now fitting for her it's crazy not how op is so oblivious good luck to op i don't think sex is their is their problem yeah they're both wrong. They're both wrong, but she's she's more wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And then this is the last... Two, there's two last comments I'm going to read. They put, quote, I'm mad at you for building a relationship with someone else behind my back. I said you could sleep with other people just because I was thinking of fucking someone else with whom I built a relationship behind your back. Unquote. Seriously? Literally, she did the same thing. She built a relationship behind his back, wanted to sleep with him, asked him if it was okay... Essentially, he said no. He then went out and built a relationship with another woman, not intending on it going anywhere, mm-hmm. and it ended up going somewhere. He then went and asked her if it was okay, and she said no. They literally did the same thing. And the next comment is pot kettle black, hundred percent. Yes, he's not the asshole, but he's absolutely oblivious. And sir, you need to just take. Your wife up on her divorce and just cut your losses now. Yeah, it's going to suck for your kids. But in lo- at the end of the day, your kids will thank you in the years to come for the divorce. Because it's just going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, yeah. She's completely unhinged. That wife is unhinged. Yes. The first wife was far more unhinged. Rightfully, but still unhinged. Like, she went. Yes, rightfully unhinged. Shit. She went ape shit on her son. This is not so rightfully unhinged. Yeah. Am I the asshole for freaking out when my wife locked our son out of the house at a night out of our house at night after he drank alcohol? And this is a short one. Okay. I am male 39, have a 16-year-old son with my wife, female 40. This incident happened a few days ago and she's still mad at me. I was on a work trip, so my wife was at home with our son. When I got back, I found out that he had been hanging out with his friends and they convinced him to drink some beer and he got a little drunk. I'm not saying what he did was right, but him and I have had the talk about it and it's fine. The problem is that when he came home, my wife found out and she was furious, kicked him out and refused to let him back in until the morning. He was begging her to let him, but she wouldn't. When I found out, I was furious. Regardless of what he said, she made a slightly drunk teenager stay outside by himself at night. Something very bad could have happened to him. We had a huge argument over it. I asked her how how the hell she thought that that was okay. She kept saying that it's our son's fault for drinking alcohol. My wife isn't really talking to me now, and my son isn't talking to his mom. And I feel like I'm in the right, but maybe I'm not. Am I the asshole? No. No, absolutely the fuck not. No. Absolutely not. I am not saying your son was correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a teenager and I drank alcohol. But my parents never locked me out of the house for doing so. Right. Right. I think, yes, obviously he's a teenager, you know, whatever, shouldn't drink. But 
it's also important to be real with yourself and be like, well, he's probably going to be in a situation at some point where that could happen. So instead of not preparing him and not being a parent and, you know, protecting him, Mm -hmm. it's it's better to just be like, listen, I don't want you to do this, but if you're going to do it, call me. I'll come get you. We'll talk about it in the morning. Right. Right. Absolutely. Not lock your kid out all night. Right. There's there's a fine there's a fine line. Kids are listen. Actually, let me back up. Public service announcement. Teenagers are fucking dumb. They are stupid. Their frontal lobe is not fully formed. They're not going to be smart. Period. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to do dumb stuff. They're going to. They're going to be idiotic. They're not going to be intelligent because they are teenagers. They're going to push boundaries. They're going to go out to parties. They're going to go drink. Their- and I was, a- I was that teenager that my parents, I never snuck out of my house. I always told my parents I was leaving. Always. Did they know what I was doing? Not until after the fact. But they knew I was leaving. But they would have never acted like this. Mm-mm. I was that teenager acting fucking stupid. I was that teenager going to parties and getting drunk. I was. My parents never condoned it. They actually got very pissed at me quite often after they found out after the fact. Mm-hmm. They never would have locked me out of the house, first and foremost, because I knew my parents would not have done that. Right. My parents would have. Re- would they have probably grounded me? Probably. They never would have locked me out of the damn house. That's so dangerous to do. Exactly. What if you're so you honestly? I'm fucking crazy, and I would have called one of my friends and said, "Hey, can you come get me? My mom locked me out of the house and won't let me back in because I." drink tonight and i wouldn't have told my mom where i was i would have just had someone come pick me up wouldn't have said a word to my dad nothing i just would have vanished right because if you're gonna go if you're gonna go to this extreme this extreme because of someone your child drinking alcohol then honestly i would blame your teenager for going even more extreme at their reaction of that because that's crazy yeah it is it is that's absolutely insane. You could just let him in, let him go to bed, and be right. like, hey, we're talking in the morning because this is not okay. And, sir, you probably will be hungover, but I am still waking you up at 8 a.m. Yes. So you better hope you fall asleep quick because you're getting up at 8 a.m. and you're not getting Tylenol or ibuprofen right away because we're having a serious conversation. I want you to feel the consequences of your actions and that is your hangover Mm -hmm. that's exactly how that should have been handled 110 percent 110 percent and then ground him right however my the only thing i don't agree with with op and that's only because i'm not quite sure if he discussed it with his wife he said that he had a discussion with his son about drinking and that it was fine but did you share that conversation with your wife? Right. Right. Because if you didn't, I'm not saying you caused the problem, but you definitely didn't prevent it by not telling her that. Yes. Agreed. You have to have that conversation with her and let her know like, hey, me and Charlie talked about this. 
I let him know that I don't agree with it, but if he does it to let me know, I'll come get him and we'll have a discussion about it the next day. Mm-hmm. Just so you're aware, because in this moment may not have happened. An argument could have ensued between you and your wife, but at least your son may not have ended up locked out of the house. Right. Maybe he would have. I don't know. But I'm just saying, at least you could say I tried everything to prevent it. Mm-hmm. If you are so mad at him for drinking and so worried about his safety, why the hell are you locking him out of the house overnight? Why? I don't know. That's not keeping him safe. Not at all. Not at all. That is not keeping him safe even in the slightest. Not in today's society. Here's my big thing. Yes, he's 16 years old. and But sex trafficking is a thing. What mm-hmm. if someone would have drove by and saw him sleeping outside? Mm-hmm. And just snatched his ass up. It would have been difficult because 16-year-old boys aren't small. Right. Well, some are, but most aren't. Right. So, what if someone would have came and got, like, taken him? Or what if he was wandering the streets and someone snatched him up that way? Right. Then you have no one to blame but yourself. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, that's... That's over the top, for sure. Yeah. 110% over the top. So, those were my stories of unhinged wives... I still, I yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that first one for a while. I figured you would be. That one, that one I'm stuck on. But. That, that, for, that, for that first one, that poor family. Yeah. Like, they're, they, they could, they did everything they possibly could except possibly have him committed. Mm-hmm. And who knows? They financially may not have been able to have him committed. Yeah. We also don't know what country they're from, so we don't know how accessible those sort of facilities are. Right, right. We just assume they're from here, but they may not be. Like, I couldn't... They did everything they possibly could, and him feeling guilty and having conflicted emotions about it is totally understandable. Yeah. So... All right, everyone, that is our episode on Unhinged Wives. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we are actually going to be giving our reactions to Sins of Our Mother. And those who don't know what Sins of Our Mother is, um, this is a trigger warning. This is a the mother. Um, it's about murder, to put it bluntly. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually killed her children. Um, and this is the... The, it's a docu-series leading up to what happened in the events of prior to her killing the kids or whatever, um, however you want to put that. Um, it is very heavy. So if you guys do decide to skip this episode, we 100% understand. The woman's name is Lori Vallow, is the mother. So if you guys just look up, you guys can just Google Sins of Our Mother and... Um, See if this is an episode you guys can listen to. Like I said, it is about murder. How, just so everyone is aware, we are not going to be like deep diving into it like a lot of murder podcasts do. We are just going to be discussing our opinions on it and that that's it. We're not going to be going deep into it at all. So we won't be saying anything completely crazy that she's done. Mm-hmm. So just so everyone is aware. So... 
That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't yet, please follow us on Instagram at Two Feral Idiots. Follow our group, Two Feral Idiots, on Facebook. And we are also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Two Feral Idiots. See ya. See you next week. Bye.